We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Pro Football Focus Show here for the Week 12 slash Thanksgiving Special Edition. I'm Britt Devine here with the usual suspects, uh, Scott Barrett and Tyler Beaker, uh, Mr. Tybo, lots of, you know, I like the food. We've got football. Um, I posted a little thing on Twitter earlier today. Um, I did pie rankings. I don't know if you caught that. Number one was peanut butter pie. Number two was peanut butter pie. Number three was peanut butter pie. Uh, I like peanut butter pie. It's by far the best one. Uh, where, where, where do you sit on pie rank? I didn't know that was a thing, but uh, I think I'm going to peanut butter pie. For never had, Scott, have you ever had the peanut butter pie where it's like you mix it with the Cool Whip and you put it in the Oreo crust? It's like the most delicious thing ever. I've never heard of it. Oh, my goodness. You got you got to look this thing up. You got to have your parents, uh, a sibling. Someone's got to make this for you guys. It's by, it's by far the best Thanksgiving treat uh scott what are you looking forward to more tomorrow are you looking forward to watching football or stuff in your face um i i've i've eaten uh dr- like drive through aka like mcdonald's or, or something like that for for thanksgiving dinner for three years in a row now i'll be watching the games and writing my my articles uh not a big fan of of thanksgiving uh, but am looking forward to some of these games, specifically the New Orleans game, which should be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you guys? Sorry to be a buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, like Debbie Downer over here. I'm, I'm talking <laughs> it up, and Scott's like, I hate Thanksgiving. Yep. <laughs> uh, well, Scott, now that you've set the mood for us that low, uh, I want to bring it back saying Thanksgiving is probably the best holiday in the world. We've got a day full of football, friends, family, a ton of food, beverages, whatever you want. Um, I'm excited for it. Looking forward to it. I can, I understand where Scott's coming from, right? Cause on a normal Thursday, it's like one late Thursday football game. And he's a, he's a big shot over a PFF Tyler, right? He's got to work all day on Thursday. So I could see why it probably gets a little down for you. Right, Scott. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I get it from Scott's perspective. So what we're going to do today, we're going to do it a little different. We're going to talk, I don't know, probably 10 to 15 minutes, basically just have a little conversation of the Thursday slate. If you're listening uh, on the podcast and the Thanksgiving games has passed, I would tell you to fast forward, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes or so 
Uh, and then we're going to get into some main slate analysis. So uh, let's start with the first game, uh, Chicago at Detroit. Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. We got some word. Uh, looks like Mitchell Trubisky's probably not going to play. Chase Daniel, cheap quarterback. I don't know. You have to tell me. Uh, let's let's try to dive into Chase Daniel and try to figure out if he's worth playing on any of our teams today. What do you got for me? Um, I, I'm not sure how much I like him. I will say uh, Mitchell Trubisky, per our data, per our grading process, it's been really hard on him. Uh, some of our analysts have likened him to Tim Tebow. Yes, it's been that bad. Of course, his numbers look amazing. Uh, but really the question is how much of his productivity has been him, how much of it has been Nagy, and our graders think it, by a wide margin it's been Nagy. So, you know, maybe there isn't going to be too much drop, drop off there. Uh, my problem with him is uh, Cole McCoy is not that much more expensive, mm-hmm. uh, and McCoy is a runner. Uh, McCoy is a much better play, much better player, quarterback, everything, I believe. As well. Right. You can look at some of the stats I put out uh, – so since like 2014, uh, he has like a 102 passer rating. Uh, and then in preseason game, it's like a 109 passer over a pretty like decent sample. Uh, I do think he's actually good. Also, uh, he was clocked at like 22 miles per hour, like one of the fastest uh, times of, of any player, let alone quarterback. Uh, so he does have some wheels. Uh, you know, matchup's not great. Uh, really, I think you're going to want Breeze uh, and then and then Ryan to a slightly lesser extent, uh, and and that's how you know a lot of my lineups are shaking up. I just want uh, as much exposure to that game as possible. Yeah, I was actually hoping Trubisky would play. Uh, I was hoping a lot of people would play him. Saw Detroit held Cam Newton in the running. Uh, Detroit plays a lot of the zone, a lot easier to keep an eye on the quarterback than the man to man. Held Cam Newton. I think it was just like two rushing yards last week. I think Trubisky probably could have been. Uh, stuffed in the run game a little bit um Tyler what do you think's going on with this game you got any Chase Daniel takes uh maybe we can talk a little bit about the running backs uh, a little bit about the passing game for Chicago as well it's a 43.5 point total not really looking forward to many pieces in this we game. gotta roster someone on this slate Tyler I mean we, we all want Saints right we all want Falcons they're all so expensive. We got to mix in somebody else from the other. Yeah. The one one cheap piece I like is Tariq Cohen. I kind of like him if you're trying to get some uh, different running backs in there. Uh, my problem is I'm trying to get the two Saints running backs and Zeke in every lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, there w- probably won't be a single lineup I go without a running back in the flex because I think these guys have the clearest path to fantasy points. But Tariq Cohen's a guy that's kind of interesting to me considering we saw how often that uh, Chase Daniels checked down during the preseason to his running backs. I think we could see Cohen out in space uh, do a lot of damage here against guys like Gerard Davis, who's been miserable in our mm-hmm. PFF coverage gradings. Um, what about the like the receivers, right? The the ADOT for Chase Daniel, probably not going to be too high this week. What, who does that favor? I, I To me, that's like a Taylor Gabriel. That's a Tariq Cohen. Does anyone think they just try to force Jordan Howard 20 carries extend the game, make it like 13 to 10 or something like that and try to win with their defense. Does anyone think that's a possibility with Jordan Howard, who's, who's the cheapest I've ever seen him in DFS so far? Yeah. I I just don't see much of a ceiling with Jordan Howard. I mean, unless he gets the end zone, he's not going to put up much receiving for you. He's been pretty lackluster for the last couple of weeks. Uh, I do like the idea of going to receivers other than a Rob who should be occupied by Darius Slay. Uh, The other Detroit cornerbacks are a cakewalk 
when you go to v player v player uh, matchups there. Um, really like Taylor Gabriel considering his price. I think he'll be pretty popular though. This week. Yeah, Gabriel is going to be one of the more popular receivers, not named Michael Thomas, Julio, or Kenny Galladay. I can almost guarantee that. Uh, Scott, on the flip side, we got Matt Stafford at home, but we got this Chicago defense, which I don't know, by a lot of things, looks really, really good. It's one of the best defenses. John Gruden uh, basically Jay just gave him Khalil Mack, uh, and that's really worked out well for Chicago. Uh, he's at home. Somehow they beat Carolina last week. It wasn't pretty. Um, what do you see happening this week for, for Detroit? Who's kind of your one or two favorite players uh, from the Detroit offense? Uh, well, it's it's going to be Theo Riddick and, and Kenny Galladay. Galladay, you know, uh, uh, he, he set a career high in targets two weeks ago, was very productive. And then Marvin Jones out last week, set a new career high in targets, another monster day for him. And we know Jones is going to be out this week. He has uh, a soft matchup. Uh, against the Bears, you know, they're, they're strong everywhere, uh, but they are giving up the fourth most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. And then Theo Riddick, who is running more than 50% of his routes as a wide receiver, uh, I think he's seen eight targets uh, or more in three consecutive weeks. Um, you know, I, I would have liked it more if Trubisky played to ensure that negative game script for him. But yeah, with, with, with Galladay out, with Marvin Jones out, uh, like Theo Riddick, but the question is going to be, do you play him or do you play Jordan Howard? Um, but yeah, those, those are probably the only two players on Detroit. I, I look at this week. What um, Tyler Bruce Ellington is kind of the one guy last week. I thought Riddick was a little thin um, on the three game slate. I think Riddick's much more in play this week. Cause we had Ellington coming in, uh, going to play a lot of the slot, got himself. Uh, what was this? I think it was uh, nine targets last week. Yeah. Nine targets. Um, what are we going to do with him? He's questionable. I would imagine he's probably going to play um, by, by my accounts here. He's cheap. Um, it fits to help you kind of get your preferred lineup of jamming in a bunch of the expensive running backs. Uh, I think Ellington's a, a fine play. I like Riddick. Um, I like Galladay. Those are probably the only three. Uh, I'm, I'm less enamored with Matt Stafford. I, I just find it hard for him to get it done and win over guys like even a Dak Prescott and specifically Matt Ryan or Drew Brees. Uh, so I'm more focused on those three and you got to take a couple of stands, but uh, uh, what's your quick thoughts on Ellington before we move to the next game? Uh, there's another cheap wide receiver I'd rather pivot to. Uh, I don't like putting a ton of eggs in a basket off a guy that's really cheap. Um, that's coming off a big week. Normally they don't always follow that up with a subsequent big week. Um, Ellington, I, I thought he came out of nowhere. I was on board with the Riddick six to eight target. Um, theory last week so that kind of burned me quite a bit but I don't know Ellington was limited in practice all this week uh, I think Galladay is the is probably the best lock and bang for your buck wide receiver here and LeGarrette Blunt right with Carrion Johnson um, not gonna play uh, has he been ruled out yet or is he still like up in the air yeah he's been ruled out um, LeGarrette Blunt like two yards per carry fall into the end zone once or twice does this do it for anybody if you want to be super contrarian, but not for me. <laughs> uh, he's going to draw a little bit of ownership, I would suspect. Uh, let's go to the next game. Uh, Scott, uh, let's talk Dallas here first, right? Because it's probably the other offense I think uh, most people are targeting. And, of course, you got to look at Zeke, who is just uh, looking like a true workhorse right now, smashing game after game after a uh, somewhat reasonably slow start to the season. It's all coming to fruition for him now. Those were against Philadelphia, whose run defense I think is extremely overrated in Atlanta. We all know what happens when you're running back against Atlanta. Uh, do you think he can get it done against Washington? 
Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he's smashing. He's seeing the best volume of his career. Um, you know, Washington isn't, isn't a, a prohibitive matchup by any stretch. Uh, the slate's really going to come down to uh, pick three out of Zeke, Kamara, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas. I think that's, that's what I'm seeing on, you know, 100% of the lineups I've seen so far. Um, but Zeke seems like someone you're going to want in there. Yeah, uh, I think Zeke currently projected uh, right behind Kamara in ownership. If I had to choose, I know it's running backs against Atlanta, but I still think I'd take Elliott. Um, I think the more true workload lies with him than with Kamara and, uh, you know, really good efficiency. Uh, where do you stand between those two, Tyler, if you were forced to pick? I'm at 100% for both right now. Yeah, all right. So <laughs> Tyler's literally like both. Yep. There, there yep. is no wrong answer. Um yeah, you got to like Zeke. What else? I, I think Dak is pretty playable as well here. I think he's my preferred non-Saints game quarterback uh, by far. You can use Cooper. You've got some narratives with Michael Gallup. Uh, had himself uh, you know, a little bit of a, a personal week, uh, I think, with the death of his brother. Uh, he's going to be coming back. You got to think, hey, maybe they try to get him a touchdown or something like that. Uh, I think Cooper could probably bounce back a little bit here. Washington's defense is really reeling right now. Um, what's your favorite non-Zeke play from this game? Uh, it's probably going to be the Dallas Cowboys defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, like that re- matchup here against uh, Colt McCoy, who has an 11.7% sack percentage uh, over the last four years with the Redskins. Uh, for reference, only um, Josh Allen and Ma- Marcus Mariota have a higher percentage so far this year. So that's up there. And uh, we're seeing that this uh, Cowboys defensive line is getting after quarterbacks right now. I really like that correlation play of Zeke and his defense. Scott, what else you got for me in this game? Is there anything from Washington really stand out? We saw uh, Jordan Reed rise from the ashes with Colt McCoy, uh, kind of chucking him the ball a little bit there. Um, and McCoy, I don't know. You see, it seems like you you like McCoy um, as a quarterback. I don't. I mean, can you really be worse for fantasy than Alex Smith has been this year? I think it's kind of tough to be that. Um, I don't mind shot taking on McCoy a little bit here, but uh, I do like the Dallas defense. Uh, what do you have for me on McCoy that's going to kind of get somebody to play him for you? Uh, yeah, I'm not going to play him. I'm, I'm going to have uh, Breeze and and maybe a little bit of Matt Ryan. But but like I said, he is playable. Um, Mari Cooper, good volume since coming to Dallas, but he's going to draw Josh Norman shadow coverage, so I don't really like him. Uh, Gallup is maybe somewhat playable. Um, they're they're uh, – Josh Doxson saw a heavy target share with McCoy uh, at quarterback. And then Blake Jar- Jarwin's probably the minimum price tight end you're mm-hmm. going to want to look at. Is it Jarwin or Schultz, Tyler? You got to lean on that way. I, I, I think I have a slight lean to Jarwin. It's kind of a toss up to me. Who do you expect to get more snaps there? Uh, this is another <laughs> low scoring game with few red zone opportunities. I'm going to look at all going to go to tight end. They're all going to Zeke and Cooper. That's where all the red zone opportunities are going. But Yeah, and that's what you want with tight ends. So I'm probably going to look at probably Josh Hill on the Saints as a tight end punt instead of one of these Cowboys. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Saints game because we all want to play these guys. Um, what, you know, what do we expect out of Elvin Kamara, Tyler? Because I know you're playing a lot of them. The problem is, you know, he had this first game against Atlanta. That was Sands Mark Ingram, right? 16 rushes. 20 targets I'm gonna guess he probably doesn't get 20 targets again I'm gonna guess he probably doesn't get 15 targets which is how many receptions he had last time we got to scale back a little bit 
obviously running backs against Atlanta. They're all going to come through today. If I gave you, let's, let's kind of take a look at what Kamara's done the past couple of weeks. Four, he had 14 opportunities last week, 17 the week before. Those aren't workhorse, I want to play you running backs, but you sort of have to play Kamara or Ingram. You have to play one of them in, I think, every single lineup that you make this week. I agree with that 100%. Um, you can also play both of them yes, in a very agree. hefty percentage of your lineups and bring it back with the Saints defense. Um, I think they're 13-point favorites as of now. Huge um, home favorites right now. That Those last two games that you mentioned where Kamara had, I think it was 14 and 16 touches, he had 22 DK points during that time period. Ingram had... 16 touches during that same period. So but they're pretty much going touch for touch in these last two blowouts, but where Kamara had 22 DraftKings points, Ingram had 26.8 DK points. Mm-hmm. So if you think this game is going to blow out, I think the smart play is actually going to Ingram here and pairing him with the Saints defense. Yeah. And you can, uh, last year, Kamara and Ingram, you could have rostered on the same time. It took, it took a lot of us uh, a while to figure out that that was something you can do. Um, you can certainly on a three game slate, you can certainly do that. I like that. How do you, I want to go to Scott, Scott, how do you see this game plan? I want to talk about the saints defense and the Atlanta offense here, because we've kind of seen the saints defense over the past couple of weeks um, reemerge as what they were last year, which is really holding teams, the low point totals. Is this the defense or is this more, they played Cincinnati without AJ green. They played Philadelphia and, and Philadelphia just didn't come to play that day. What is it? Because if if the Saints defense is back, this is like you got to play both of these running backs a lot. And if you think this game's going to be a shootout and the Saints defense can falter a little bit, uh, it's a little bit more interesting of a game for me. So so where do you lie in? Uh, well, they have one of the best run defenses in football, and and that's you know without factoring in that they're going to have massive uh, game script advantages in, in every game they're playing in. Um, Their cornerback one, Marshawn Lattimore, I think is one of the best shadow cornerbacks in football. Where they're weak is slot cornerback, P.J. Williams. Outside cornerback two, Eli Apple. I think they're two of the worst cornerbacks and starting quarterbacks in football. Uh, What that's going to do is is open up good matchups for Muhammad Sanu in the the slot. And I think a slightly better matchup for Calvin Ridley outside. Uh, And it's going to be a tough matchup for Julio Jones, but – Julio Jones has shown he's, he's fairly cornerback resistant throughout his career. Uh, and he's been seeing amazing volume in recent weeks, including near the end zone. Um, I do think the saints win. I, I do think the saints win by, you know, uh, where Vegas has it, uh, maybe a touchdown or more. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I th- I, so I, I think that's, that's how you attack. Uh, I think you ignore the running backs. I think you, you look at the wide receivers and 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 know that even though the, if the Saints are a tougher defense, the have uh, the the Falcons are going to have volume on their side. Um, what about Austin Hooper? Right, we've talked all year multiple times. Saints. The Saints really, are the toughest. Uh, tight end yeah, they're toughest. That's, that's two years in a row now. Yeah, Ertz fell flat. Um, is Hooper a fish play this week to you? Yeah. Um, Tyler, let's. Uh, what about the Atlanta offense? We just kind of got it a little bit before we move on to the main slate. Um, 
I'm kind of with Scott. I'm a little off Tevin Coleman. I'm a little off Vito Smith. I'm more in the passing game. Don't forget, this was the Calvin Ridley game, right? Calvin Ridley was crushing the Saints so bad, they had to take Marshawn Lattimore off Julio Jones to put him on Calvin Ridley in the last time. So it seems like the Falcons did have their number a little bit in that first game. I think the Saints defense is is gelled a little bit better now. Um, What are you expecting out of the Atlanta side? It's going to be another lackluster performance like what we've seen with Cincinnati and Philly to me. I think the Saints absolutely roll in this game, and I'm trying to jam in as many Saints players as I can. Um, But you do have to bring some players back on the other side. You can't just play nine Saints players. Uh, So like Scott said, the best slot, the best matchups in the slot here, Mohamed Sanu versus PJ Williams. We're going to take advantage of that. Uh, Calvin Ridley, three touchdowns in the last matchup. Uh, I think you're going to want a sprinkling of him and a sprinkling of Julio. Uh, I think if you make tournament teams this week, um, at least one, if not two Saints should probably be on uh, most of your teams, if you if you ask me uh, when you're making some plays this week. Um, any Anyone else got anything else to add to the, uh, the Thursday night Thanksgiving slate, or you want to kind of move it on uh, to the main show here for the Sunday slate? I mean, this is a odd slate where we have two really low scoring games and slow paces. And then we have one shootout on the fast track in the Super Bowl. The, the, the Falcons' total is the same as the Cowboys, is the same as the Bears' total. Like, it's don't overestimate the Cowboys and the Bears a little bit in, in favor of the – if you're a Vegas person. I think I'd prefer some of the Falcons players, but their total, those three are basically equal across the board right now. Yeah, it, it's it's going to be a Saints day. We just need to stay awake for it. <laughs> All right, yeah, yeah. The, avoid the tryptophan uh, from the turkey. Let's let's move it to the main slate, uh, Scott. For Sunday, uh, a couple of quarterbacks here. We're going to kind of condense this just a little bit uh, to make sure we get all the plays in here. So, a couple of the quarterbacks you like for the main slate. It looks like you're looking at Jameis Winston. It looks like you're looking at Lamar Jackson. I think they're both uh, pretty viable plays this week. They're the exact same price. Um, do you have a preference between one of them, a force to choose, and then uh, give us the spiel on why both are, are probably really good plays? Yeah, so I'd, I'd probably go with Jameis Winston of the two. Uh, you know, there's going to be benching risk. I don't think it's that serious. You know, to save face, I don't think Tampa Bay's coaches are going to again make another quarterback change <laughs> go back to just play Fitzpatrick you know the second half Tampa Bay quarterback has been crushing it <laughs> right exactly <laughs> but uh yeah Tampa Bay right now holds the record for most passing yards by a team through their first 10 games all time uh by fan duel fantasy points per game uh Tampa Bay team quarterback has the second most uh fantasy points per game all time uh only uh uh Patrick Mahomes has more. Uh, it's a bet on volume um, in a good matchup as well. Uh, San Francisco ranks bottom seven and schedule adjusted fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Then Lamar Jackson, uh, you can read the article I cited last week. Just Google metrics that matter. Lamar Jackson. Uh, basically, it's exactly what we saw due to his immense rushing upside, really unparalleled mm-hmm. rushing upside holds the record for uh, most rushing yards per game by a quarterback ever in college. He set the record last week for most rushing attempts by a quarterback in the Super Bowl era. Uh, Like I said, you know, he could be uh, woefully inefficient through the air, 
Um, but, you know, if he's giving you what he's giving you on the ground, it should be a massive game. I mean, he put up, what, like 20.4 DraftKings fantasy points. That's without a single touchdown. I think they score quite a bit of touchdowns this week against Oakland. Uh, one of the worst defenses in the league. I think they rank third worst in points allowed per drive. They uh, rank dead last in pressures forced per drop back. They're bottom five in fantasy points per game allowed uh, per drop back there. It's just all around terrible matchup. And, and if you, you know, you still feel shaky about Lamar Jackson yet. I don't think this guy is one of the most accurate quarterbacks in the league. In fact, I think he's probably one of the worst. Uh, just look at the Vegas spread. Vegas thinks Baltimore wins by 10 and a half points. So uh, I, I don't think he's too risky, uh, but like I said, I like Jameis a little bit more. Yeah, when you're getting a quarterback that ran 27 times and threw the ball 19 times, this is unparalleled rushing floor plus passing upside. Uh, he didn't even score a touchdown. Um, absolutely massive potential for Lamar Jackson, in my opinion, this week. I love it. And if there's also one thing I'm sure of, said John Gruden is no clue how to game plan or anything like for like Lamar Jackson. I just feel like it would just blow his mind. All oh, this quarterback can't run in the NFL as a quarterback. And I don't, I don't think he's really going to try to. I mean, it, it's just common sense, right? <laughs> rushing yards are worth 2.5 times as much as passing yards, rushing touchdown 1.5 times as much as a uh, uh, mm-hmm. passing touchdown. So you're basically getting like a mid range RB two and then throw on, you know, yeah. uh, 15 pass attempts on top of that. So, yeah, I think it's, a, I think it's a great spot for Jackson. Uh, Tyler, if you don't like uh, Winston or Lamar, uh, what do you like at quarterback this week? Uh, I love both those guys just to start, but mm-hmm. uh, another quarterback worth thinking about putting in your player pool is Carson Wentz. Uh, he's coming off that dreadful week. Uh, if you started him in cash, my condolences. I was right R. there R. with you. My fantasy draft teams, by the way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, it was a blow up spot on paper, but again, that's why the games are played. Um, I think he can go back to another great matchup here against the Giants. Uh, he played them earlier in the year, threw for 278 passing yards and three touchdowns. Uh, this is a game where the Eagles need to win. Major bounce back spot here against uh, their NFC East divisional rival. Um, Wentz has averaged 21.9 Fandle points since week four. And I'm expecting this Eagles offense to rebound heavily this week and Wentz lead the way. Um, a couple guys I like. I like Andrew Luck uh, at home against Miami. At least you wouldn't think this. At least three touchdowns in seven straight games for Andrew Luck uh, through the air. Fast track indoors. T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, uh, Eric Ebron, who goose egged I think last week uh, after the three touchdowns the week before. But he's healthy. He's chucking it around the yard. Uh, I like Luck, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on Cam Newton quick, right? Because we, I think we were worried a little bit last week on the slow pace against Detroit. And while he didn't get the rushing yards, he had 357 passing yards and three touchdowns. Some of that was due to DJ Moore having a huge game. Um, Cam Newton seems a little bit cheap. Is anyone worried about the pace in this game, or do you think he's still going to be able to kind of get it done because he's, he's Cam Newton and he always just finds a way to come through for us for fantasy? Uh, this is one where I'm probably going to temper expectations just due to pace. I think it's going to be a bit of a slower matchup here. Uh, I think both quarterbacks are going to do fine, but I don't think either could be slate breaking. Um, Scott or Scott, you got any ideas on on Newton or Luck? Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, they're pretty good plays. I, I'm I'm kind of locked in on Jameis at the moment. Yeah, you save a couple bucks too, and a couple of bucks goes a long way this week uh, on the main slate, if you ask me. 
Um, moving along to running back, um, Scott, I guess I'll go with you first for a couple of your uh, your stud guys up towards the top. What are you looking at at running back this week? Um, I don't I don't have this sheet open, but uh, I'm going to guess I wrote up, uh, let's see, Leonard Fournette, who I think is probably mm-hmm. one of the top plays of the week, especially on DraftKings. Uh, you can check my actual opportunity article. Basically, he's had the second best behind only Zeke. Um, uh, expected fantasy point average since returning uh, massive workload. Uh, I think he's seeing like all of the team's opportunities inside the five and 10 yard line. Um, I also, they're not, pa- they're not passing either. And they're against Buffalo this week. It's just like a, this is a perfect smash spot for Fournette. Yeah, absolutely. So, so he had bad game script the, the last two weeks and still saw amazing opportunity. So you got to think uh, Jacksonville can beat Buffalo this week. So should get good game script. Uh, Gus Edwards, I'm a believer in him, Nick Chubb, uh, Josh Adams, uh, Matt Breida. Uh, I don't know. Who, who do you want me to key in? in Let's on? talk on Gus, right? Because what do we, th- is, is he the new starting running back, right? Cause he's been working on the, with the second team with Lamar Jackson. He knows how to run, um, kind of those read options, uh, that Lamar's run knows how to run all the plays they've installed for Lamar Jackson. Alex Collins got the touchdown. And then they just sat him for the rest of the game and threw Edwards in there because I think he understands what they're trying to do a little bit better. Do you think this is a change that's going to last throughout this game? You don't think they go back to Collins at all? This is this is kind of like a hot topic, I think, this week. What are we doing with Gus Edwards? Well, I, I think Jackson's going to be the quarterback this week. And so I, I don't know how much that, that would matter if that is the case. But I also think it's that Alex Collins has not been good this year. He, he has fumble problems. And Gus Edwards, I think, is just better. At least he, he was better enough last week that I think they stick with him. He, he was PFF's highest-rated running back of the week. He forced eight missed tackles on 17 carries. He totaled 115 yards on 17 carries. So, um, And it was a significant difference in, in usage, you know, 49 mm-hmm. snaps to 17. Um, I think almost the entirety of the second half as well. Um, I think they stick with him, and, you know, it's a great matchup. They're favored by 10 and a half. Like I said, Oakland's defense ranks second worst in yards allowed per carry. They're giving up the fourth most rushing fantasy points per game to running backs. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think he's a great, great play at a cheap price. Um, you can also pair him with, uh, 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 Baltimore's defense. Like I said, Vegas thinks this is a blowout. So that makes sense as well. Um, he's a good play, but there's really a ton of really good plays at the running back position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think people are going to gravitate towards Edwards. Um, Breda's like in the mid-tier. I think Breda's in a – Breda looked really good uh, last time out, and he gets Tampa Bay, and that's an absolute smash spot. I think that's good. Marlon Mack, Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette. Uh, I know Tyler wants to talk about Saquon if you're spending up. Uh, the Eagles have given up over 80 fantasy points over the past two weeks to the Cowboys and Saints, and Saquon crushed him a couple of weeks ago. They are horrible against the pass, but they're also horrible against actual good running backs. Um, this is just a like Saquon's gonna smash, Melvin Gordon's gonna smash. Um, how do you how do you decide between those two, Tyler? Uh, honestly, those are the two guys I'm probably locking in for cash games on the main slate. Uh, Saquon, you just mentioned it there. Twelve targets in his last game against the Eagles went nine for ninety nine. Uh, he also ran for 130 yards and a score. Uh, dude was unbelievable. Uh, he's the first building block that I'm locking in for cash games. And then Melvin Gordon's the other lock button. 
Uh, great play here against the Cardinals run defense. That's allowed the second most rushing yardage and third most fantasy points opposing backs. Uh, the last time Gordon was a double digit favorite. Um, he's been that way twice so far this year. Um, 27.4 Fandal points and 25.0 Fandal points. So he's been doing really well uh, as far as a safe floor for you, where I know a lot of people get worried when they see like double digit um, favorites. Is Gordon going to get scripted out? Are we going to see more Eckler? Gordon's been providing consistent yeah. fantasy points in all those outings. He's got a touchdown if they're up by like 30 or something like yeah. that. Uh, David Johnson, anybody, right? Um, yep. On the yeah. road. How, how, what's your, like the uh, San Diego run defense is not very strong. It seems like Tyler, you're a little bit more on this. Um, I like David Johnson. He's certainly going to be lower on, right? Cause Scott gave us Leonard Fournette. We have Gus Edwards, that second tier of Breda and Marlon Mack and a couple other guys look really strong to me. David Johnson, where he was super chalky last week, uh, I think is going to go a little overlooked this week. Yeah, I think so too, which is really surprising considering a player of his caliber and how many touches he's seeing uh, coming off a 25 carry outing, 137 yards. Um, he was the chalk last week and somehow he's like, everyone seems to just forget about it's how not well like he, he disappointed. Performed. Yeah. He just didn't reach the end zone. Um, I think he could see it easily here in a game here against the chargers who are that typical run funnel defense. We like to target um, a lot of touches ever since uh, Byron left has taken over. I don't know. what's not to like. The only thing that I wouldn't try to do is try to play DJ and Melvin Gordon in the same lineup because normally that's a poor correlation playing both running backs in the same mm-hmm. lineup. Um, I know, Scott, you had some jo- uh, David Johnson. Um, I want to get your thoughts on that. You've also got Josh Adams in here. It's kind of like the dart throw uh, Philadelphia play. Um, kind of game through at a super cheap price last week, although the workload um, just wasn't there because they couldn't really run too much here. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on those two guys? Yeah, I like David Johnson a lot. Uh uh, so since Byron Leftwich became the offensive coordinator, he ranks for uh, second in carries per game, 10th in targets per game. Uh, those targets are going to be important this week. Chargers, uh, you know, are expected to, to win by a sizable margin and they're giving up the third most receiving fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. I like him a lot. Like I said, there's really a lot of running backs uh, to like this week. Um, and uh, I have it. I think I wrote down Fournette, Brita, Chubb, Edwards, Adams, Johnson mm-hmm. immediately sprung to, to mind. And, and I don't think Adams is the dart throw. Uh, I, I think you're implying he is. So you know, they lost 48 to seven, uh, but he saw 70% of the team's carries, 75% of the team's targets. Uh, and now they're six point favorites up against a Giants defense uh, that has been not good against the run since losing Damon Harrison easily the best run stopper in the NFL, uh, probably the best run stopper in maybe 20 years. Um, before the trade, Giants were giving up 3.87 yards per carry, giving up 5.27 cents. Um, Chris Carson, too. Uh, Mr. Broken Tackles, um, you chart those on Pro Football Focus. He's having a pretty good season doing that. I think he's fine. Uh, I've said this on uh, – I do the GPP Final Take Show. It's for premium members here at Roto-Grinders. Um, we do a segment called my edge and my edge of the past two weeks has been running backs in the flex. It's just something from roster construction that is uh, just clearly the way to make teams this year, especially even in tournaments. And uh, I don't know, we just went through a laundry list of running backs. I, I really don't see how you make tournament teams without chucking running backs into the flex this week. In my um, let's go to a wide receiver because, you know, we're in love with all these running backs, you know, we're, We've got some on the high tier. We've got some on the low tier. We're going to be able to mix it up at receiver a little bit. So, Tyler, um, 
pick a couple wide receivers you're interested in. And we got, of course, we got any wide receiver against Philadelphia is going to be in play. Philadelphia is just atrocious on all ends of defense right now. It's Odell Beckham. That looks good. Antonio Brown's fine. Um, you want to talk about one of them or, or a couple other plays? Yeah, I'll talk about Brown. Um, I really like him this week. Great matchup here against Denver where he's going to avoid the tough coverage of Chris Harris Jr., where Brown runs the most of his routes on the outside against Tremaine Brock, Bradley Roby. Uh, Brock is our number 49-grade cornerback. Roby, number 79. Brown's averaging 10.9 targets for great targets per game and just been incredibly productive. Eight straight games with a touchdown now. Uh, he's uh, – Pretty soon we're going to start here. Uh, announcers talk about him chasing that uh, touchdown streak of Jerry Rice's 13. Um, I think he continues to see another touchdown this week, to be honest. And I think he's a great play. Um, what about uh, anyone want to talk about Odell Beckham? Uh, Scott, you've got him here. Like if Odell, this there's ever a week for Odell Beckham to be the highest scoring receiver. This has to be it, correct? Yeah. So he's coming off of a four target game. You got to think they're going to feed him a little bit more. He had double digit targets and what was it? Eight consecutive games before that. And now he gets a Philadelphia defense that is fielding, uh, that's not going to have an, a healthy uh, active cornerback uh, that's been on the roster for longer than a month. Uh, and they were already the worst cornerback core in the NFL before that they were giving up the, or they're coming into the week, giving up the most fantasy points per game to outside wide receivers. Um, just looks like a smash spot for Odell going to have, uh, I might go all in. I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go all in. Yeah. It's a great, you can talk me off Odell. I think it's in a fine spot. Um, Eli Manning, I think is certainly in play too, as a tournament, Eli, Odell, Saquon, one or the other. Uh, I think that's a, a pretty reasonable way to, to start off tournament teams this week. Uh, Tyler, if we go a little bit lower, a couple of guys who have mine. The main thing I want to know, right? Mike Evans uh, against Richard Sherman. From what I could tell, looking at the cornerback chart, looks like he's going to probably avoid Sherman on, on half of his snaps. Half of Mike Evans' snaps in a game with Jameis Winston chucking the ball with this prolific offense that Scott's already talked about. Seems pretty good to me. Um, what's your take on Evans? More of a tournament play, obviously, than cash. Though. Yeah, Evans is just a guy that I don't want to fade. Uh, he's been having a ton of volume lately, even though it hasn't really translated into a lot of fantasy success. I'm not worried at all against this matchup here against San Francisco. We should see a lot of throwing in this game. And I think Evans is going to be one of the main beneficiaries of it. Uh, not worried about matchup whatsoever. Um, you got Edelman down here too, I believe. Um, talk to me on Edelman. I, th I think the price, the price seems a little high for me. Uh, is there something about the specific matchup that stands out to you? Yeah, I really like targeting Buster Screen in the slot, who's uh, been in and out due to injury, but when he's in there, he's been performing pretty poorly, allowing a 128.8 quarterback rating when targeted against three touchdowns allowed on the season. Uh, just opposing slot re slot receivers, if you go by the game logs, have done incredibly well against the Jets to date, and uh, I think it's just a great matchup for Edelman here. Yeah, I think that's good. Keenan Allen's another guy, Scott. I don't know if you um, had him written down, but uh, I noted – uh, looking at the PFF charts, uh, he'll see about half his snaps away from Patrick Peterson uh, as well. Uh, he plays a lot in the slot. Peterson's only played, I think, 1% of his snaps in the slot. I'm not expecting him to follow Keenan Allen in there. The Chargers are going to score, I think, a lot of points in this game. Gordon's going to get his. And second half, Keenan Allen, it's, it's reemerged this year. Um, he's just getting peppered with targets right now. I think Allen's probably a little too cheap as well. 
Right. He, he smashed against Seattle uh, in week nine and smashed uh, Oakland in week 10. And then week 11, I, I wrote him up as a dud against Chris Harris Jr. I mean, you don't target Chris Harris Jr. And, uh, you know, he gave up the most yards he's given up since 2014, I think, or 2015. Uh, and and Keenan Allen saw 12 targets against him, posted a big game, 89 yards and a touchdown. Uh, so obviously it seems they, they want to get him the ball. Now he gets a way softer matchup this week. Uh, but I think uh, Julian Edelman's a way better play, personally. Um, if A.J. Green's out or in, I don't know. I guess we want, let's talk Tyler Boyd for a second here. What are we doing with Tyler Boyd? 6,000 if A.J. Green's in, if A.J. Green's out. Um, anyone have a strong take? Which which do we want? Do we want the more efficient Tyler Boyd with A.J. Green opposite of him? Or do we want more targets but better coverage on him um, with A.J. Green out? Anyone have a strong take here? Yeah, I don't want him. Cleveland's been good against the slot for for two years now. Like one of the top five or ten best defenses. Uh, just just not really too interested in him. All right, we'll pass that. Uh, Tyler, you got anything in the mid tier to low tier value we can find at receiver this week? Yeah, fifty five hundred. Manny Sanders. What are they doing? That is way too cheap for a player of his caliber with the number of targets he's drawing. Absolutely smash play here uh, per our wide receiver cornerback matchup chart. Uh, the one that displays uh, where points are being accredited to, like the left, right, or slot. Um, Pittsburgh's allowing the fifth most fantasy points to opposing slot receivers. So I think this is a huge spot here for Manny Sanders. They're three-point dogs, should be passing heavily. I think they made a big error here, making him 5,500. Um, DJ Moore last week's uh, GPP winner. Uh, Scott, he was 4,200 on DK last week. 31.7 fantasy points. He's 4,600. Um, I'm going to guess somewhere in their algorithm, the pace of this game has kind of crept his, you know, kept his salary probably a little bit lower than uh, I think it was going to be. Uh, what's your thoughts, status on, on kind of DG Moore? Obviously, one of the, one of the best athletes we've seen at receiver uh, in the combine in a while. Um, was that a fluke? I don't think it was a fluke, but is that repeatable against Seattle this week? Um, yeah, I mean, the matchup's not that tough uh I, I i try not to go back to well on these guys after you know their biggest game of their career um but you know he's definitely in play uh not someone i'm, I'm super excited to play uh funchess actually has the the way better matchup but um yeah he's in play just just not someone who's who's high on my list right now but uh, really tyler i got a couple other names you mentioned emmanuel sanders Sutton still like this is the big play guy it just he hasn't put it all together yet um are we looking at I don't know I don't want to call it a DJ Moore type breakout game do you think something like that could happen for Sutton here it's possible but I mean our, our guy Jeff Heerman is just crushing it uh yeah, he, well, he didn't crush it last week <laughs> no 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 we didn't. Uh, I don't even want to talk about James say. so we're just gonna forget that conversation happened with Scott I don't, I don't think any tight ends showed up last week except Antonio Gates <laughs> yeah yeah when Antonio Gates in 2018 is leading the tight end he led all tight ends in fantasy production last week we'll just move past that quickly uh going back to Sutton uh the Steelers have actually done pretty well guarding wide receivers on the perimeter over the past few weeks uh that was a major liability for them while they were injured they've gotten much more healthy on the back end uh I'd rather go with Sanders here and attack the middle of the field Mm -hmm. against Pittsburgh instead so um I think I, I actually haven't, I've been so busy with basketball and writing up the Thursday slate uh, for football. I haven't actually put together a lineup 
And uh, Scott, I, I'm just, I'm looking at salaries. I'm toying around with things on DK. It seems like I, I almost always jam in the high price running backs, but with Fournette, with guys like Mack and Breda and Gus Edwards, the receivers I want are Odell Beckham and Antonio Brown and, and Keenan Allen and Julian Edelman. Those seem like the receivers I want. Um, at first look, I think I might be flipping around my strategy for the first time all season. Yeah, I mean, that's that's obviously how, how I'm, I'm viewing it. Uh, I also like DeAndre Hopkins quite a bit. Uh, he's another top play this week. Not on the main slate. Oh, is he not? No. Uh, Monday night? Yeah, it's the Monday I, night. I always do that. I always have one guy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm with you. Uh, although, you know, I also like the cheap quarterback. I also like uh, – I'm going to like one cheap tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, so Everybody's going to like one cheap tight end. So yeah, there's yeah. – then we're gonna have the chalkiest, chalkiest <laughs> tight end reach I think we've seen all season. Um, James O'Shaughnessy, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, this no. Is, I mean, I don't think so. No. Uh. Oh, we're not gonna repeat that. Um, let's get to tight ends. So, all right, let's get the chalk out of the way. Cameron, is everyone on Cameron Braith this week, right? Yeah, you have to be. I mean, the IR designation for OJ Howard came after pricing us out. He's this week's free space. We, we see the relationship that uh, James Winston has with Brait. Ignore the end-of-season stats where Brait was injured. Um, the two are always on the same page, and he has a just as high a chance to score as any other tight end this week. Yeah, you combine Brait and Howard. You can, I mean, it's always tough to do this because they can bring in another tight end. And this is like rivaling Travis Kelsey, like even better type numbers here. So, Scott, was uh, was Brait your cheap tight end? I, the whole world knows to play Cameron Brait. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I've talked about this quite some time. It just seems like the fantasy gods are, are, are making everything come together perfectly for, for Bray Week. Uh, we have Winston back at starting quarterback. Uh, so since he entered the league, 40.3% of his touchdowns have gone to tight ends. That's the highest rate among 37 qualifying quarterbacks. League average rate, almost half that at 24.4%. Uh, like I've written about all off season, uh, he's a guy who's hyper efficient when quarter uh, targeting uh, tight ends for whatever reason, not so for wide receivers, especially not outside wide receivers. Uh, by the way, Adam Humphreys is his guy, really high target share with Winston and not Fitzpatrick, but you got to pay attention to those sort of things. So uh, on top of, you know, an amazing situation with no more OJ Howard guaranteed uh, larger workload than typical still low salary. He also gets the, the Jameis Winston bump. So he's, he's a 100% exposure to guy this week. Uh, outside of that, uh, only guy to look at is, is Zach Ertz, I think. Uh, oh time. no. I mean, I want to ask Tyler on this one. So is it Ertz who that offense completely disappeared last week? Now there is some reason, right? Ertz, New Orleans tight ends. We had golden Tate coming back here. Do you want to mess around with that? Or do you want George Kittle, who is like, this dude is just crushing right now. Um, he's a little cheaper. Uh, am I crazy to think Kittle's better than Ertz this week? Yeah, that's recency bias in effect, man. Just go back to Ertz. Ertz is going to smash. All right. I don't know on this one. I think I might be against you guys. Uh, I do like Kittle. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's spend a minute or two on Gronk. Anyone have a Gronk take? Coming back. Had some extra time off. Risk of re-injury. Um Possibly still not 100%. I mean, Gronk's never going to be 100% ever again. Just his body's gone through too much. We've got a cheap price on him. Um, I don't know. 
I don't, if Gronk was 5,100 last year or a couple years ago, he'd be a hundred percent owned. Um, I still don't think he's going to be really highly owned this week. Anyone have a take on him? That's, that's getting way too cute for me. Gonna easily have zero shares. Zero. Oh, even a 5,100. All right, Tyler. Ditto. Yeah. Oh, I need, wow. need to see it first. Uh, um, Greg Olson, Vance McDonald. Uh, I think you could probably play either one of them. Uh, Jack Doyle, I think is probably a little bit too cheap. Um, you know, you're looking for sort everyone in tournaments, um, is going to play break because it's just going to, he's going to be like 25, 30% owned by the time the new cycle hits and it's going to get you what you want in the rest of your lineup. So if you're looking for swerves, you know, we've got David and Njoku 3,800 should get pretty heavily targeted. It's against Cincinnati. Cincinnati is basically like Tampa Bay of the AFC right now. If you ask me in terms of defense, oh, you I know think- who you can play. Who, who can we play? James Jared O'Shaughnessy. Jared, <laughs> Jared Cook. <laughs> yeah. uh, there's just so, so many injuries uh, going on there. Jordy Nelson is, is questionable. LaFell is out. Martavis Bryant. They Are you uh, – I am i don't like that they purposefully take him off the field because he's by far their best player and they want to lose. Yeah, that must be it because he's legitimately their best receiver right now, like their only healthy receiver – uh, but also the Ravens have a tendency to, to funnel volume uh, towards end production, towards the tight end position, 26% of their receiving fantasy points allowed that's gone to tight ends. That ranks second most among all defenses. Um, and, you know, Oakland should be funneling volume and production towards their tight end because they don't have anything else. But, yeah, we'll see. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, uh, as chalk last week, not a good play. As non-chalk in tournaments this week, anyone going back to it? No. <laughs> looks, that looks like, a pass, there. looks like right. a pass from the crowd. And, uh, Scott, I learned my lesson on James O'Shaughnessy. But could he get some more? I don't – they just don't – this is a running team now. It is no longer a passing team, and they aren't going to need to pass – in particular to James O'Shaughnessy to beat the Bills. Right. I mean, it was weird, man. The Jacksonville tight end one have like six, seven targets in in like 10 consecutive games and then just poof. But Leonard yeah, Fournette comes play, back and yeah, it's play for net. Yeah, play for net instead here. So uh, that's some of our thoughts for the Thanksgiving slate uh, and some main slate analysis uh, for you guys that listen a little bit later in the week uh, on the podcast. Uh, fun show. Everybody enjoy Thanksgiving except the Grinch over here. Scott <laughs> gonna be shoveling some Popeyes or some McDonald's drive-through oh, yeah, into yeah. his mouth while he sweats furiously behind the keyboard typing up mm-hmm. articles for us to read on Pro Football Focus. Um, me and Tyler will enjoy it for you, and uh, I'll make sure I eat all of the peanut butter pie. I don't know if you heard it during the show, all the banging downstairs. But I'm getting peanut butter pie meat right now, <laughs> so I can't wait to go have some as soon as I get out of here um tyler have a happy thanksgiving scott uh, all the viewers uh, everyone thanks for watching we appreciate all you guys uh tuning in and watching all the shows here so um, so for my two buddies i'm Britt. thanks for watching and we got gotcha. you